Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast for the issue dated September the 30th to October the 6th. I'm Richard Lane. This week's podcast focuses on the launch of a series concerning maternal health, following on from last week's special issue about child survival. In 1987, a high-level meeting in Nairobi highlighted the urgent action that was required to reduce maternal mortality around the time of childbirth. Nearly 20 years on, the reality is that we have made little progress in this area, and Millennium Development Goal number five, reducing maternal mortality by two-thirds by the year 2015, is in danger of not being achieved unless urgent action is taken now. The Lancet series documents the current knowledge and required strategies to address MDG five. On September the twenty seventh, the Lancet, together with the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, co-hosted a conference to launch the series. The conference was opened by our editor, Dr. Richard Horton. Okay, welcome everybody. My name is Richard Horton. I work at the Lancet. I want to welcome you to an on-the-record press briefing to launch. This series of papers that's been put together over the past 12 months or so by the Lancet's Maternal Survival Steering Group. One of the major arguments that we're setting out in this series is that safe motherhood is now one of the most neglected issues in global health, and that mothers, in particular, are one of the most neglected and marginalised groups in society. Safe motherhood, of course, has been a global priority for 20 years. Yet, if one was being really critical about this over that 20-year period, there has been largely, largely failure to make substantive progress towards those goals of safe motherhood. The latest expression of global commitment for safe motherhood is, of course, the Fifth Millennium Development Goal. And in all honesty, it looks like that Millennium Development Goal, as you'll see in a moment, is very unlikely to be reached. What this series sets out is really the evidence to explain why that failure is just completely unacceptable. We don't have all of the answers, but we do know enough to be able to save the majority of mothers' lives that are being lost in the world today. And the fact that we don't put that knowledge into action reflects a more generalised low status. Of women and mothers, in particular, in our society. So the purpose of this series and the collaboration that's brought it about, and the campaign that we want to launch today for the next 12 to 18 months or so, is really to revive the issue of safe motherhood for politicians and policymakers to show that we do know enough to act now, and to demonstrate the much broader societal gains and benefits. That will come from investing in safe motherhood, to show that success is possible. This is not an impossible dream, which so many people seem to think it is. That was Lancet editor Dr. Richard Horton introducing the conference that launched the Lancet series on maternal health. Earlier, I spoke to one of the series coordinators, Dr. Una Campbell from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, to discuss the key messages coming out of the five papers in the series. Over half a million women die worldwide, and that's a woman dying every minute of every day. The best way to think about this is to realize that if women are living in a rich country, for example, women in Sweden, one out of thirty thousand of them will die over the reproductive period from maternal causes. By contrast, for women in sub-Saharan Africa, it's one in sixteen, and in some countries, as high as one in seven. You know, those figures are startling. In concise terms, what needs to be done? 
Well, first of all, I think we need to look at the epidemiology of what's going on. The main cause of death is postpartum hemorrhage, bleeding, followed by hypertensive diseases and infections. And what we think about when we think about maternal mortality is when do these deaths occur, and we find that most of them occur during delivery or the first day postpartum, and we need to think about what do we do to prevent these deaths. They are preventable, but the interventions that we need can sometimes be fairly complex, and we need skilled people who can deliver them. So, for example, if a woman has a retained placenta, we would need someone like a midwife or a health professional that can do a manual removal of placenta. We have many effective interventions. What we're advocating in the series is to think about how we get them to women. And we think the best bet is to have a midwife in a health center or in a facility where she can deliver basic services that will save women's lives. So, you know, you know we've defined the problem and we know the solution. How realistic is the solution? I think it's a big challenge. I think we need to recognize that we need over 300,000 health professionals over the next 10 years to achieve a high level of coverage, and over a longer period, we need something like 700,000 health professionals. So this is a big task. But I think it is realistic, and the best way to see it is that there are very poor countries that have managed to achieve this. So, for example, Sri Lanka has managed to reduce maternal mortality by more than 50% over a 25-year period, and they've done it using the kind of strategy that we advocate. How much is it going to cost to implement the strategy? Well, we estimate that it will cost an additional $1 billion U.S. dollars, moving up to $6.1 billion U.S. dollars by 2015. But I think another way of looking at it is that's saying we need to spend something like between $0.22 cents to $1.40 per capita. And there have been several macroeconomic commission for health and WHO that have derived those estimates. And in terms of where the money is coming from, presumably it's unrealistic to expect the governments of the poorest countries of the world to come up with the money. Some major external donor funding has to be provided here. I think you're right. I think in many settings, national governments do need to invest greater resources. I think for the very poorest countries, donors will have to increase their financial contributions to fill the resource gap. Another issue to do with cost unit is to do with the cost to the individual. Surely it's unacceptable that pregnant women and their families have to pay for the maternal health services that they require. Surely it should be free or covered by insurance. I think removing financial barriers definitely encourages care seeking. And there's a number of very promising approaches to remove fees and to fund through general taxes. Now, this isn't an area where we have a huge experience, but this is a a very important area. In some countries, families, particularly for complicated deliveries, are paying over 140% of their annual household GDP to pay for such complications. And we call these catastrophic payments. I mean, we're really putting families in poverty as a result of some of these very complicated deliveries. The, The absolute amounts aren't very large. Sometimes you're talking about $40, $50. But for a poor family, this is an enormous uh, expenditure. For normal deliveries, the range of costs is much more acceptable. But even there, we find that if we remove fees, we can really get the poor to take up delivery care. So, Dr. Campbell, what are your hopes and expectations now that we have launched and published this landmark series about maternal survival? First of all, I hope it will usher in a new era of strategic thinking. We're calling for more health professionals 
And one point to emphasize is not just training new ones, but retaining the ones that exist. We call for greater financial resources, including for the poorest countries from donors. We need robust tracking of progress and accountability so we can hold governments and donors to account and political commitment. Having said that, I think progress is possible, and there are countries that have shown us it can be done, and we really need to get on with what works. Also in this week's issue relating to maternal health is a research article highlighting the value of community networks for women in Malawi, and a review details a devastating public health problem facing many women in less developed countries, obstetric fistula. But returning to the conference that launched the series, we will conclude this week's podcast with the powerful words of Dr. Francisco Songani, former Health Minister of Mozambique and currently Director of the New Partnership for Maternal, Newborn and Child Health. I come to this event with great hope and excitement. Almost 20 years ago in Nairobi, the Safe Motherhood Initiative was launched to save the lives of millions of women who die from pregnancy-related causes. The numbers of women dying in childbirth has not changed. One woman dies every minute of every day from complications related to pregnancy or childbirth. 99% of these deaths occur in developing countries. Over the past 20 years, different perspectives and solutions to the high rate of maternal mortality have been put forward. Evidence has been debated, and the commitment to solutions has not always been consistent. Today, we have a landmark effort among maternal health colleagues and researchers. It is a very important moment in bringing together all the information on the causes and circumstances of maternal deaths. These scientific articles shed light on how to address the gray areas which have hampered the investment and commitment to solutions on maternal mortality for a long time. They provide a clear path of solutions, action which can and must be taken now. The first and the main recommendation is to provide to all women giving birth a basic obstetric package provided by skilled attendant or midwife in a health center or small maternity ward close to her home. It is the skilled attendants with the availability of basic equipment and medicines that matters. The functions performed in the space, no matter how small it is, are the key. The services must be friendly and affordable to all. By saving these women, we save not only the mother, but perhaps the whole family. The mother is the center figure in maintaining the health of her family. The newborn's life is far more secure if his mother also lives, as are the lives of her other young children especially those under five years of age. We must ensure the continuum of care. Links care from the mother to that of her newborn and the young children under five. 
In many poor countries, about 60% of all activities in health centers are related to maternal and child health care. If we succeed in properly addressing these problems, we will be making tremendous progress in the consolidation of services. This means that by improving maternal health care in developing countries, we can begin not only to save maternal, newborn and child lives, but also to set standards for functioning health system. Maternal and child health mortality indicators, including the newborn, are a mirror of how countries and all of us committed to improve socioeconomic conditions and overcome poverty. There is still much to do, more evidence to produce. However, this series clearly points the way forward with a clear message for action. Scaling up to full coverage of essential life-saving services for maternal care will require significant new funds and commitment. It has been estimated that an additional 1 billion US dollars are needed in 2006, increasing to 6.1 billion by 2015. This will address only the basics. National governments must make a strong commitment to take this new research and its recommendations and reflect it in their strategies and allocation of resources. Donors must also commit and provided the needed additional resources so that together we can make a difference and stop this situation where half a million mothers die needlessly every year. Women who could have lived long and productive lives. Decision makers and governments, both donors and developing countries, must decide. What is the life of a mother from a developing country worth? In fact, I believe the real question is, how can we afford to not invest in mothers? We believe investment in women and mothers is critical. It will not only save mothers' lives, but much more. Let us take stock of the past 20 years. We have not made motherhood safer as promised in Nairobi in 1987. In fact, the present rate of maternal death is the same or worse in some parts of the world like Sub-Saharan Africa. Decision makers must take these recommendations and act now to ensure that every delivery is a safe delivery and that mothers everywhere must not pay with their lives when giving birth. Thank you very much.